So I guess uh, we'll start today with, uh, you know, kind of introducing yourself. Tell us about yourself um, and kind of tie it in. Tell us about your book as well. Well, my name is Scott Disler. I'm the pastor at the E-Free Church here in Gaylord. We also have a campus up in Sault Ste. Marie, an online campus. Uh, we also have a, um, a TV ministry that's seen in 53 counties in northern Michigan, as well as a radio ministry on the Eagle 101.5 FM every Sunday. So our, our goal is to saturate northern Michigan. So that's kind of where we put our focus. Been here for about 10 years now. Actually, it was 10 years last March, mm. which is the longest I've ever been at any church. So that, to me, is very exciting as well. And um, now what got me here was uh, closer to 12 years ago now, I went through a very hurtful ministry experience. I was at a church in Pennsylvania, and first five years were amazing. The church tripled in size from 500 to 1,500. We had big plans for the future. And then I, I ran into what I call a well-intentioned dragon. And um, it's not my, my title. It comes from a book by the name of a guy named Martin Shelley. But what it is, is a power broker in the church. And they're not just in the church. They're in every organization. Mm -hmm. So I think in, their intentions are good. They really think they're saving the church. Something's wrong and they need to save it. But they don't realize they're really a well-intentioned dragon that's destroying things. And this guy had all the, um, the power, uh, the influence. And, um, and, and during that time, it drove me into what I called the cave. Mm -hmm. It's the place where ministry became misery. And, uh, and it led to my ending. I ended up losing that ministry and actually being out of ministry for about six months as well. So it was about a year time period, six months, ending there six months out of ministry. And it was the worst year of my life, no question. Now, ultimately, God used it to bring me here to Northern Michigan, which I love. And uh, about um, maybe three, four years ago, I started writing in a book form what uh, the lessons I learned. Really, it's not, not a book intended to tell my side of the story. Mm -hmm. That's not important. And, and I tried very hard to not do that. Rather, I wanted to share what are the principles I learned to help me get back out of that cave. Because what I have found, guys, is that most pastors, at least, have had one of these experiences. And unfortunately, most of them just drop out of ministry because it's like, I don't want to go through that again. Right. And, uh, and I couldn't really put my hands during that time on any type of simple, practical work that helped me to get out of the cave. I had to really take those steps on my own, trusting God, being led by the Lord. So I ended up putting together this book called The Cave, When Ministry Becomes Misery, that really offers spiritual hope and practical help to take steps out of the cave. And it's not really for just pastors. Anyone that's been betrayed, that's felt the sting of betrayal, mm -hmm. anyone who's been hurt by someone else can find themselves in that cave. I think this book can help them at least know some practical steps they can take to get back out. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love the, the the story it shared and all the you know principles that everyone can use. You know, you can relate it uh, just to situations in life. Um, but one question I had is, what do you think was your biggest factor to put you in the cave? 
I think there were actually four, really. And, and by the way, I'm not the first person to find the cave. Mm-hmm. Even when you look in the Bible, the Old Testament yep. prophet Elijah, one day he's calling down fire from heaven about Carmel. The next day he's in a cave going, God just killed me. In both cases, me, Elijah, I think others, you usually face some power broker of opposition. Uh, in Elijah's case, it was Jezebel. Now, what happened in Elijah's case, I saw it in my case. When that began to happen, there were four steps that led me into the cave. The first one was fear. What if I lose my job? I had two kids in college at the time. What was going to happen? There's mm-hmm. a lot of fear. That led, secondly, to isolation. I pulled away from everybody. I pulled away from my staff, my church, even my own family. That led to what I call self-pity. And uh, every at that point, everybody I looked at was skepticism. Uh, if I saw two people talking in the church lobby, I concluded they had to be talking about me because there was so, so many secret meetings going on. And the final step was hopelessness. I found myself in the cave kind of like Elijah. I didn't really get to the point where I said, God, just kill me. But I remember the day I'm deep in the cave and I go to McDonald's to get a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And I had what I call McEnvy. I looked at that person behind the counter and said, man, I wish I was them. Mm-hmm. I wish all I had to do all day long was take orders, hand them their food, go home at night and turn it all off. That's when I realized I was in a state of hopelessness. Yeah, definitely. Um, so would you say that ministry is your passion? Oh, yeah, without question. And, you know, this is the, the great part, Caleb, because one of the things, one of the practical steps that God gave my wife and I during that cave experience was the need to pray specifically. And so here's one of the things we did. Every day we prayed this prayer. God, when this is over, no matter where we are, and we had no clue at that point, it'd be northern Michigan, no matter what it looks like, Please let us be more in love with you than we are right now, more in love with each other than we are right now, and more in love with the local church than we are right now. Because we watch so many people either walk away from God, walk away from the marriage, or walk away from church because of these hurts. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly tell you, now some 12 years removed, I'm more in love with Jesus today than I've ever been. I'm more in love with my wife today than I've ever been. And I am more passionate about the local church and ministry today than I've ever been. God actually used the cave experience, I think, to make me a better pastor. That's awesome. Um, so going back to when you were in the cave, if you so if you today could go back to to talk to yourself, then what would you tell yourself? Um, I, I think the the biggest thing I would tell myself, a couple of things. Number one is. The battle is really right here. It's in your mind. Mm-hmm. That's why the Bible says we need to take every thought into captivity. You see, when I started telling myself a story every time I saw two people talking, um, suddenly everybody became an enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I became suspicious of everybody. That made matters worse. So that was one of the things. The other thing was this. I would have gotten help for myself much sooner. Uh, one of the things that got me out of the cave was I finally got to the point where I realized I needed to get help. And that help began by I had to tell my wife everything. I'd been protecting her from some of the things. Mm-hmm. 
but I needed her to walk with me through this. The, the Bible says in Genesis, when you become married, you become one flesh. And I needed to walk with her through this. Mm-hmm. But I also realized when I began to have panic attacks in the cave, I also needed to get some professional help. Mm-hmm. I would have done that much earlier. But here's the biggest lesson I've learned. I did not realize until my cave experience how I was putting my sense of self-worth and security and significance on the fact that I had a growing, thriving church. It was the largest church in our town. It was the fastest growing church in our denomination. And when I lost all of that overnight, suddenly I felt like a nobody. And Mm -hmm. that's when I realized something. My sense of significance cannot be in the size of my church. My sense of significance must be in who I am in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because that stays the same whether you're in the cave or outside the cave, whether you have your job or you lose your job. So that was probably the biggest thing that I would go back and say, where is my sense of significance rooted? Gotcha. So um, you kind of already answered this already, um, but would you say the cave is ministry specific? No, I don't think so. I think every pastor goes through it. Any guy who's been a pastor long enough has the scars to show it. You know, you know, uh, often being a pastor is like called like being a shepherd, shepherding the sheep, uh, which sounds really gentle, but sheep bite and sheep kick. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, that happens in the church. Can't get around it. Why? Because we're all human. All right. Um, mm-hmm. The church isn't perfect. And so, but even outside the church, you know, as, as I've heard from many people who have bought and read my book, a lot of people have never been a pastor, but they have felt the sting of betrayal. They have felt the hurt of another. When they read the, the, my book, they go, I'm, I'm in the, I'm not a pastor, but I'm in the cave. Right. And so Absolutely. it really relates to anybody. Anybody can find themselves in the cave. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Anybody can take steps to get outside the cave. And, and here's what the whole purpose of the book is. It's to show people there is still joyful, meaningful, purposeful life after the cave. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that. Um, and so I guess going through that experience and, you know, having learned what you learned just by, you know, simply going through it, um, what are some things you tell yourself? So you just, you just got over COVID or you're still recovering from it. Um, and that was definitely a challenge. It's taxing, you know, mentally and physically. What are some things you tell yourself to try to keep a positive attitude and stay happy? I think, again, the biggest thing is I want to go back to what my source of significance is, okay? If I'm not building my source of significance on Jesus, then I'm going to have some type of a downfall at some point, okay? Because life is a series of ups and downs. Good things happen, bad things happen. Some of it we can control, some of it we can't control. And uh, so I need to have that, that constant in my life. And for me, that constant is who I am in Christ. But here's the other big thing that really, I think, pushed me to write the book and that has become a, another passion of mine along with my local church. And it's this. In 2 Corinthians 1, the Bible teaches that God comforts us in our affliction, whatever affliction that might be, so that we can comfort those who go through the same affliction. 
I like to word it this way. God doesn't comfort us to make us comfortable. Mm -hmm. He comforts us to make us comforters. So what I discovered more than ever before in my life is this. Whatever I go through that's difficult, God is taking me through that. And one of the reasons he's taking me through it is so he can now use me to come alongside of others who go through the same thing. There are a few things that really get my passion going more than when I'm able to talk to another, especially hurting pastor who's in the cave. Because I've been there. Mm -hmm. I still remember what that cave smells like. And uh, to be able to come alongside that person and say, man, I get it. I've been there. I know what you're going through. Let me walk with you. Let mm -hmm. me give you some steps that can help you. And what I've discovered is it doesn't matter what the affliction or trial is that comes into my life. That needs to be my outlook. Yeah. No, that, that was actually one of my favorite quotes from the book. Uh, we were going to bring it up a little bit. So that's awesome. That Sorry, I shot the gun there. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, so let's see here. Um, do you ever find yourself revisiting the cave? Um, whether it's looking back at when you were in it or um, you talked about the like daily ups and downs of life. Yeah. Um, Caleb, that's such a great question. Thank you for asking it. Yeah. Uh, that That's one of the constant battles is um, there's still always those times when somebody says something or does something completely innocent. But it's kind of a trigger for me because of what somebody said or did in my past. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy for me <clears throat> to have that fear go back up again. Um, that's a natural thing. I can't keep that from happening. Um, however, I can keep myself from acting on it. And that becomes the key. You see, when somebody says something, um, uh, it's really easy for me to, to suddenly begin to view that person with suspicion. Mm -hmm. I may back away from that person. Mm -hmm. Well, that person didn't mean anything by what they said. So those, now, I would say those times are much fewer and farther between. When I first came here to Northern Michigan, um, that was a daily battle. I mean, a daily, daily battle. Uh, because the person that hurt me at my last church was my board president. So my board president of this church, I was always viewing with suspicion. Mm -hmm. Not because he did anything to deserve it, right. but because I right. There are still times that can happen. Um, there are still times that I just kind of will have one of those moments of remembering what it was like in the cave. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think sometimes it's good to remember some of those things because it does also then motivate us to make sure we're keeping our thinking clear and we're keeping focused on what God's called us to do. Yeah. So what do you think was the most important lesson you learned from experiencing the cave? Yeah, that's a great question too. Um, <clears throat> I think it's this. There is a place and a purpose for pain in our lives. Absolutely. I know we want to avoid it. I do too. Okay. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that really, and I, and I think I put this in the book, uh, you'll be able to tell me more than you've read it <laughs> than I have. But anyway, um, every time Jesus passed out bread, he followed the same formula. Every time feeding of the 4,000 feeding of the 5,000 last supper, he took the bread, 
He blessed the bread. He broke the bread. Then he gave the bread. Yep, that was in the book. Okay, good, good. Now, I'm not just talking <laughs> smoke here. That's good. Um, I think if you study the Bible and you look at your own lives, you'll discover that God does the same thing with people. He takes us. He blesses us. But there comes a time in our life that he allows us to be broken. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't allow us to be broken just to be broken. Right. So he can give us to something fresh, new, and greater. And as much as we like to avoid pain, the truth of the matter is that even pain can become your best friend. Even Mm -hmm. hurt and betrayal can become your best friend because God wants to use that brokenness in your life to make you more humble, to make you more dependent on him, to learn lessons you never would have learned on top of the mountain but you do learn when you're in the cave. Mm-hmm. God doesn't waste anything, guys. He doesn't waste any, not even cave experiences. I, I hate it. I, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, mm-hmm. but God will use it in your life. Yeah. And I, I think that's why um, the book is, is a very powerful book is because um, when Gabe and I threw this podcast together, I would say we were going through some cave experiences. Yeah. Um, so it's really enlightening hearing um, someone's perspective on it because uh, you do feel alone. You do isolate yourself. And so um, I just think that book has a great message. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's a great book. So um, my other favorite quote was, uh, spiritual despair is likely to occur right after a spiritual victory um, because you let your guard down. That was one of my uh, favorite quotes in the book. Would you like to... Um, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and it, it's so true. I mean, that's what happens with Elijah, right? Elijah's on top of Mount Carmel, calling fire down from heaven. You know, everything is great. Like he should be on the cover of Christianity Today in his era. Um, but right after great spiritual victories often come defeats. And I think it's just that we, we tend to let our guard down. Things are going good. Or we tend to start depending more on ourselves. Wow, look what I did rather than depending on God. And um, there, there's there's a saying, I think I put it in the book too, that says there's always a Judas in your life and he's mm-hmm. usually close enough to kiss you. And when you let your guard down, that's when that can happen. So mm. victories are really, really good, but we have to be very careful when we have a victory that we keep our guard up. Mm-hmm. Stay humble kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so going you know referring to your book here who's your target audience who do you want to hear this message and who do you hope to really gain some information from it i think there's a primary audience and a secondary i wrote the book specifically pastor to pastor uh from one hurting pastor to another hurting pastor Mm -hmm. because i'm so so tired of seeing pastors who go through hurt drop out of ministry and listen, you may be in the cave. That doesn't change your calling. Don't walk away from your calling. So that's the main reason I wrote the book, so that I had physical copies of something that when I heard of a hurting pastor, I could send it to them and say, I hope this helps you. Now, what I learned as the book began to be promoted is God was using it to help a whole lot of other people besides pastors. So in a secondary fashion, again, this book is really helpful to anybody who's ever been hurt by someone else 
or felt the sting of betrayal, which basically comes down to just about everybody. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, because the book, again, it, I, I when I first wrote the book, guys, I had to go through and take out over half of it because it was just me telling my story. And I realized that my telling my story isn't helping anybody. I could go all day long, here's how they hurt me. That doesn't help anyone. Mm -hmm. I need to fine tune it to what is something this book can give you that you say, okay, I can do that right now. I can mm -hmm. at least take that one step right now. Hopefully you'll find more than one step, but it was written to be very, very practical. So someone at least had an idea of here's something I can do to get out of the cave. All right. Here's, here's a big one that we ask everyone that comes on here. Right. Um, do you consider yourself successful? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I guess it, it, it's gonna, a lot of it comes down to how you define success, mm -hmm. okay? In my mind, at least. And um, to me, my, 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 my definition of success has changed because of my experience. Like I told you before, my definition of success used to be how many people came on Sunday, you know, and, and were we still the largest church in the town? Were we still the fastest growing church in the denomination? Were we accomplishing all of our goals? I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm a very goal-driven, you know, mm -hmm. I go home at the end of the day. To me, a great day means I crossed everything off my to-do list, mm -hmm. okay? That's a successful day. That used to be my view. Then I realized something. I can cross everything off my list. I can have the largest church. I can win all the church growth awards. But if I'm not impacting people on an individual basis, am I really successful? Right. I realized I had a growing church, but I was running over people to get to my goals. Mm -hmm. Now I realize that's secondary. If God chooses to let my church grow, man, that's wonderful. But my key is this. When I lay my head on my pillow each night, I need to be able to answer this question. What's the name of one individual that I impacted today? That, that I made it, God allowed me to make a difference in their life. And uh, man, when that day happens, when that happens, now I give you an example. Um, last, I um, can't remember what night it was last week, I got called to the hospital since I'm technically over COVID now, still mm -hmm. affected, to the ICU, which is very normal to get called in because there was a man that was dying of COVID. He wasn't gonna make it through the night. He wanted to talk to a pastor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, wow. and he, this man told me, he said, I've never prayed a day in my life. And after our conversation and my being able to share with him how he could know for sure he was going to heaven, he prayed with me to trust Jesus to be a savior. Man, when I went to bed that night, I'm saying there's a successful day right there. Yeah. Right there's, I, 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 who knows about the numbers at the church? Who cares? There's an individual I was able to impact. And, and Gabe and Caleb, I really believe that God sets up those divine appointments every day if we'll just be aware of them. Right. I always, I, I love that question so much because you, you get to hear such a different perspective from everybody right. um, just about, you know, kind of what they define as success. And uh, it's, it's really interesting just to see everybody's viewpoint, but yeah. So I saw, I saw your post on Facebook, I think it was a couple of nights ago. Um, yeah. and yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's incredible. That's the ultimate success. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, 
So, Caleb, do you have any other questions? Do you have any uh, anything you're curious about? Um, well, I just got to say, um, I say this to almost everyone, but it's because it's been true so far. Um, I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's awesome to be able to talk to you here. Um, so I do have a question. Um, what made you want to contact our podcast? I'm curious. Um, where you heard of it or... I, I saw a post that I think it was Gabe may have put on Facebook. And uh, and so basically I had just begun to um, make some contact to different podcasts I saw out there to see if anybody would be interested in doing a show with me about my book, not to sell the book, but to get the story out, right. to help people. And I was shocked at the number of podcasts that wanted it. Uh, I had to cancel most of them in the last two weeks, and I'm rescheduling mm-hmm. them now because of COVID. But I was just shocked, so I just began. If, if, if I saw one, I contact them. And and you know, I I'm a believer that you, you just you put a lot of contacts out there. You let God take care of what contacts come to reality or not. I was shocked. Uh, I I probably have about 12 more podcasts scheduled. I was wow. shocked how many people said. Yeah, you know, I, 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 we would love to have your story on the show, and, um, and of course I love, you know, I, I love sharing the story. That's really the key to the whole thing. So yeah, I guess you know, I would say with you guys, I think it was a divine appointment. God allowed me to see a post. I think God does divine appointments for a reason. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that there's at least one person who's going to watch this, and God's going to use it in their life. So thank you guys for taking the time to even do this kind of thing again impact one person that's yeah. a pretty successful day right there yeah no most definitely i think and and when you were explaining that your definition of success you know i feel i feel like caleb and i both you know really feel that in our hearts because um it is it's one thing when when caleb and i sit down to record we're not recording for you know the masses we're recording for that one person that needs to hear this message Manny, you know every time i preach that's where my focus goes on God, mm-hmm. I don't know who that one person is. I don't know where they are in my church, watching online, watching on TV. I'm leaving that to you. Right. And, um, and I always, you know, just got to believe that every time God uses it. Yeah, definitely. So do you have any questions for us, by the way? Um, just curious. Well, I would be curious as to what, what actually um, motivated you guys to say, let's launch this podcast and see what God does with it. Yeah, so... Um, I guess we were both going through that kind of, um, position in our life where we kind of felt hopeless, um, the despair and just the cave pretty much, you know what I mean? Um, and so we were there and Caleb and I, we actually met, um, it seemed like it it was meant to be kind of deal. And it was an insane amount of coincidence. Yeah. And so Caleb and I ended up meeting each other and it was kind of like one of those awkward relationships where you see them and you're like, don't know if you're supposed to wave yet. And so, uh, but then we, we, it was about a week and then we started to get along really well. Uh, we started working out together at the gym and, um, eventually he, he brought up the idea of starting the podcast. And I, I, I was thinking to myself, well, I know there's so many people out there going through the situation and going through the, the sadness and depression of life. And I just want them to know they're not alone. Yeah. And so that was, that was my, viewpoint on it nice nice Caleb if you want to say yours you can I mean it's it's pretty much the same yeah. thing 
um but yeah when when we met i just knew i was like okay i have this podcast idea and i told him about it i was like you seem like you'd be the perfect host uh because when we'd go into the gym after work um we would just talk about that kind of stuff all night and it was like it, it made you feel so much better every night and i was like well we got to help other people out because we're not the only ones going through this. Yeah. Um, right. Let them feel better too, you know? Right. For sure. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Do you, do you have anything else, Caleb, or do you have anything else you want to say? Um, I think that's, that's most of it there. Those were uh, some amazing answers. Um, Thanks. And, and I, I would just say this guys, you know, if somebody's watching and they're going through a cave experience and, Man, they just need to, to chat with, talk with, pray with somebody who's been there. Man, contact me. That's that's great. Um, I'd love to talk to anybody who, again, God doesn't comfort us to make us comfortable. He comforts us to make us comforters. And so, you know, if you need to talk, contact me. Absolutely. The same goes for you. If you ever need anything, you, you can reach out at any time. We're always open, so. Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it was definitely it was awesome getting you on here, and we appreciate you coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have oh. a good one. You too. You too. See you, Thank Scott. you. Alrighty. Well, thanks, guys. That was fun. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, it was a great time. It's always fun getting. I, I just love seeing the perspective of different people because we had um, Jonathan Rand on. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. So we had Jonathan Rand on, Rob the drummer. I don't know if you know him. I'm not sure if I know him. He, so he actually he came to our intermediate school when we were in intermediate school, and he would play drums, and he was anti-bullying, anti-drugs. <laughs> and so it's, it's awesome to see, you know, the, just the people that have impacted the community, you know, us be able to talk to them because I know we always, we've always had questions about these guys. So sure. I got to say, you should have seen my mom's reaction when I told her that you were coming on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. That's good. That's good. That well, awesome. I appreciate you guys taking the time. Thanks for reading the book. Appreciate that as well. Yeah, you got it. That was a great book. Yeah, and anything I can I can do, don't hesitate to let me know. All right. We definitely will uh we'll probably reach you know, maybe we'll reach out in the future. Maybe we can do a recap or something down the road. Love so, it. Yeah. Well all right, Scott. All right guys. Take care. Have a good weekend, all right? You too. See you, you later. Too. Thank you. All right, bye now.